To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast, is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a really nice holiday season. We took the kids to see the holiday lights last night at the zoo, which I love. I love those types of family outings. So I hope you're having a great holiday season and getting on some family outings yourself. So as a reminder, again, for those who didn't hear or didn't remember, I have separated out my personal Instagram account from the Your Village website podcast parenting account. So the account is Your Village Online. It's the Instagram account where I post and keep the parenting and podcast business announcement related. The other account, Iron Mom 2020, is my personal journey and life with my family. You're welcome to keep following me there if you already are, totally great, but just wanna let you know that there's the other channel now. So the zoo pictures are on my personal Instagram account and I've been active on the Your Village online account, but I need to get even more so. So I will be posting more content over there as we go along and I get into the groove. In a couple of weeks, I have a great guest coming on the show. It's the first episode of the new year. 
And she came on to share about toy clutter and getting organized, a great topic for the new year. We recorded it already, but it will go up at the first episode of the year. She talks about when and how to remove old toys, how to keep kids interested and enticed by the toys that they have. So if you've had issues with your child not paying attention long enough or hardly at all to what they're playing before they're wanting or needing your attention or telling you that they're bored after a few minutes with their toys, that is a great episode. Plus, we all just want to get organized in the new year. I know I do. So Katie is a mom of two young kids and an organization expert. We also both chimed in to answer a question that I actually got last week because it fits so perfectly with this topic that I got about how to guide kids to decide when, how, and what to give away of their toys when you're trying to clean out the clutter. So it was a great question. Today, though, I have a great question about how to handle some aggression, in particular pinching and hitting from a two and a half year old, especially because it sometimes just seems to come out of the blue. So it's a great question to dig into. I'm going to get right into that. And this mom wrote in and she said, hi, Erin, love your podcast so much. I found it so useful and wondering if you could help me. My son is two years, four months. He is an only child. He's very strong-willed and physical. He likes a lot of contact and always wants me to carry him around, cuddle, climb all over me, etc. But he can be aggressive too. He pinches me constantly throughout the day. This isn't a new thing. Even as a young baby, he used to pinch my arm when he finished breastfeeding. He used to bite all the time, which thankfully has stopped, but now he pinches instead. It's all the time, whenever he feels like it. If I do something he doesn't like, such as play with one of his toys, he will immediately reach out to pinch me. If I'm not giving him my full attention, for example, if I'm cooking or sitting on the toilet, he'll pinch my legs. But he also does it seemingly out of the blue. We could be sitting down together nicely having a conversation or reading a book and he'll just pinch my arm really hard. I feel I could manage it better if I could anticipate when it's coming, but at this point I'm on edge all the time. We have the book Hands Are Not For Hitting and talk about emotions. I try to channel his energy into digging in the sand, throwing stones in the river, throwing the ball for our dog, going for walks and drawing. I get him involved in the cooking and food prep, washing the dishes and try to give him as much attention as I can. When it happens, I firmly say, no, pinching hurts or pinching makes mommy sad. I've even put on a bit of a show of crying and he has come over to comfort me and apologize, only to pinch again a few minutes later with no remorse. He is the same with my husband, but not as bad, and also hits our dog. He can be aggressive with other children, however, this is improving. We do lots of coaching before we take him to toddler groups or to play with friends, and although I do have to watch him like a hawk, he is getting better. He's been going to nursery since he was 11 months and goes three days a week. They don't have any concerns about the behavior, have commented that he occasionally pinches and hits, but that isn't anything out of the ordinary for a two-year-old. His speech is good and his understanding is very good. We recently had his review with the health visitor and she had no concerns. How is best to manage this behavior? I'm really trying, but it's a huge struggle every day to keep my cool with him and I'm being hurt all the time. Thank you for your time. Keep up the amazing work, Holly from England. So Holly, thank you for the question and the details. That actually makes this really easy to break down and dig into the different pieces of the puzzle. And I'm gonna try to remember to get to each one of these pieces because there's a lot of great information here I wanna make sure that I touch on. So I'm gonna do my best not to leave any of this out. 
I want to start with talking about the two-year-old mind in terms of social-emotional development. So it's really hard for us adults to imagine what it's like to be in this early stage of development. So we try to relate to our toddler, not on an adult level by any means. Of course, we're not doing that, but we can see they're not like us. We can see that they struggle in a lot of ways, but we do still often feel baffled because we expect them to have some understanding of the world or interpersonal interactions that they don't yet have. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But the other thing I think for a lot of us is that empathy is very, very important to us. We don't want to raise that kid who doesn't have empathy, who doesn't seem to care about other people's feelings. And so understandably, we get concerned when our children seem to act unaffected by others' emotions, or they quickly forget how their behavior may affect another person. So first, I'm going to talk a little bit about social emotional development, particularly as it pertains to this scenario, this age and the aggression in general. Then I'm going to cover steps to dealing with the pinching when it happens, because um, I think this is great, Holly. You talk a lot about the ways that you really try to keep his hands busy, which is great because he obviously wants to use his hands a lot. And this is how he shows his feelings when he's upset. So that's great. But what he really needs is that help in the moment. That's what's going to help him. So we're going to get into that. Also, the steps that you can do in that moment to help him learn some different behaviors rather than his go-to behavior that he has right now, which is the pinching. And he's been doing it a long time since he was an infant. So it is definitely an ingrained habit that um, you're going to work on getting that changed around. So I'm going to also discuss some basics of how to manage the toddler pet issue as well, because that is a very common struggle. I get questions about that quite frequently. As we know, all these areas of development are on the fast track in infancy and toddlerhood, physical, emotional, cognitive, language, which is actually an area of cognitive development. Language is part of cognitive development. In emotional development, the centers of the brain that help regulate emotions are coming on board. And so these early years are ripe for big emotions and big frustrations, which often means big reactions because there's little rational brain to help counteract their emotional brain, their emotional reaction, their amygdala, their fight or flight response is very acute because we're all born with that, but we're not all born with all our logical connections in order. And those are coming on board through these infancy and toddler years. So that's still coming on, so they don't have anything to counteract that or much to counteract. So when a toddler gets frustrated or feels upset about something, they often react in ways that are not always appropriate or safe for those around them. So it is a process that continues, but by the age of about four to four and a half, you will see your child has much better impulse control. You will see it develop throughout these toddler preschool years. It will get better and better over time, by four to four and a half, you'll have completely forgotten what they used to act like it too. If you're working with them on their emotion skills, they're much more adept at sharing emotions in more pro-social ways. So like Holly was talking about reading the books, hands are not for hitting, talking about emotions, laying the groundwork. Holly, you're doing a great job. You're laying that groundwork and that foundation so that he can continue to grow and develop a very strong um, social emotional context and skills. So he's going to learn ways to use his words, to understand what he needs to get their big emotions out in ways that are more positive. So he'll start working on things like taking a deep breath, counting, 
running around. You said he's physical. So a lot of kids need something physical. They want to hit the couch or the pillow or go run around and that can help them get that out. They need another go-to behavior. So when we say no pinching that hurts, what they really need is something else to do instead. If we don't replace it with something else, then they don't have something else to go to. And it's really tempting to go right back to that pinching or whatever it is that they're doing. They're not just tempting, it's really just a habit or a reaction. So we need to teach them a new go-to behavior. But by four and a half, most kids will be able to circumvent these big reactions of the throwing toys, the hitting, the melting down, the pinching, those bigger reactions they have. It's a process, it will continue to develop. So if you have a four and a half or a five-year-old and they have a rough time, they have a rough go at it every so often, it's not a concern either. If you're seeing it all the time, then it's really time to dig in there, maybe even get an assessment. But if you're seeing it getting better, that's really what we're looking for. What you really wanna see is an improvement in behavior over time. So fewer meltdowns, more ability to use words, to share emotions with words. I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling frustrated, I'm feeling upset. When they're starting to do that and they're using other means of calming down, we're seeing improvement, we know that we're moving in the right direction. Then there's the development of empathy because this is the more advanced emotional process. This doesn't even begin to develop in most kids until the age of three to three and a half. If you think about what that requires, empathy, it requires us to understand our own feelings, understand what that feeling is, what is anger, what does that feel like, what is jealousy, what is sadness, what does it mean to feel hurt or upset. Then then young children still think everyone shares their same feelings. So when they have a feeling of anger or upset or happiness, they think everyone around them is angry or upset or happy, that they they don't realize that they're separate, they have separate feelings. So then it requires that next step of realizing that others have feelings as well and that they don't necessarily match the feelings that the child has. So that's another step they have to develop. So these are some big foundational steps that have to be in place before they can even get to the place where they understand that other people may feel differently, that they may feel hurt or disappointed when I'm happy. I may have the toy and be happy, but my friend might be feeling sad because it's not his turn right now. That other people might be upset or annoyed or angry with their choices or actions or behaviors. So this is a whole nother level that we're getting to. So I know this is a lot of foundational information, but I wanted to share it to help alleviate any concerns parents may have about their toddler when they seemingly don't care about hurting you or the dog or a friend or upsetting other beings. They just really don't have any realm of understanding this yet. Now, do you see toddlers who seem to have empathy or wonder why a baby or another child is crying? Sure, you do see this sometimes. But it is rare. Even so, that toddler still has a lot of emotional development ahead, a lot of development of empathy ahead. So now that we understand the lack of skills and what we're working towards, it really helps us to have a better platform from which to work when it comes to teaching our children how to react. Obviously, it doesn't mean we just let it go and just say, ah, kids will be kids and he'll stop hitting when he has empathy. We still need to work with them, set expectations for behavior and boundaries. But once we know where they are developmentally, I think it helps us to approach it and approach them more from a place of teaching and understanding and coaching rather than it feeling so personal. So I also wanna point out that empathy continues to develop through about age nine or 10. By age nine to 10, you can expect your child's empathy to be pretty fully developed. So if they still continue to do things lacking in empathy and they're seven, 
Keep teaching. Actually, always keep teaching. It doesn't matter. You're going to see a 13-year-old is going to be kind of rude and obnoxious too, <laughs> lacking in empathy. It's going to happen. But it's a process. Even adults do stupid things and hurt each other's feelings sometimes. So explaining and coaching, no matter the age. Now, of course, I could get into a whole discussion about how to do that, how to communicate in a positive way, in a coaching way, in a way that in a way that doesn't put the other on a defensive. But I do want to get to steps and ideas on how to deal with the pinching part, the hitting, the aggression type of behavior in the moment, because this is when we really need to nip it in the bud and really need to work on that. So, so I can really get to the crux of Holly's question. So I'm going to do that right after a word from our sponsors. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads. Love where you live. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. 
Now that we're back, as I mentioned before the break, there are ways to coach and share feelings in ways that can neutralize putting others on the defensive. This can be used with children and adults, and they're great skills for effective communication. So if you want to know more about that, any of the discipline classes, discipline tools for toddlers, preschoolers, school age, and tweens and teens, cover those communication tools. It's also a separate class all on its own if that's all you want to watch or all you want to learn about, and those are on the website at yourvillageonline.com. I also do bi-weekly chats with my members to dig down and tackle any areas where they are struggling or they're getting stuck if they're watching the classes but their situation is very unique or what they're doing isn't quite working and they need some help to tweak some stuff. We do those chats every other week to get on and answer parents' questions. So that is something to keep in mind as well if you're looking for some extra support with some of these crazy, any age, toddler aggression and pushback and whining and talking back and all these types of behaviors that we all have to work through. Okay, so how should Holly handle this pinching part? Because I can fully understand why that would put you on edge, not knowing when or where it's going to happen even during those really quiet times that seem like everything is calm and content. It does seem interesting though that this sometimes comes in when everything is calm and quiet and it has become a habit in a way. It's a go-to behavior like I talked about before. It's a go-to when he's feeling something less than positive. So there's something going on when he does this. It may not be evident in that moment, but he's feeling anxious or upset or unnerved over something. It could be about what's happening in the story even, if you're reading. Or when he thinks you're about to get up and leave, if you're snuggling at bedtime and he thinks you're about to get up and leave. Whatever the reason, he needs a new go-to behavior. Squeezing his lovey, giving a hug, because you said he's very physical, so probably thinking of something physical. Some other behavior that's a more positive reaction that replaces the pinching. It's hard to change our habits if we don't have something new to replace it with. So you want to think about what that could be. And you're going to coach him through this. You're going to work with him through this so that he can have new go-to behaviors. And you can connect with him on that emotion. So I'm going to talk about coaching him through this. So I would have a conversation during a quiet time about it first. We need to work on the pinching because pinching hurts. I feel angry when I get pinched. We need to find a different way for you to let me know when you're feeling upset or anxious. So then you wanna talk about that. Talk about what those other things are that he can do, what he'd like to try. So as I said, like hugging is a good one because you're there. If it's hugging a lovey, then you can't always guarantee that the lovey's there. It works when he's in his room or the lovey happens to be there with him. But when it's not, you might have to have another behavior. So you want to think of some things he can do instead. So coach him through this and let him decide or pick out some things he wants to try. If you see him getting upset and you know those cues, and you've talked about that, seeing that he's starting to get upset, you're going to remind him of his new go-to behavior before he engages in the pinching. So you see a situation, you know he's getting upset, you can see he's starting to reach over like you've explained. You're going to remind him of his new go-to behavior. You can grab his hand to keep him from pinching you, but just remind him in that moment. I can see you're starting to get upset, but remember your new behavior is hugging or it's squeezing your lovey or another one, good one is squeezing a stress ball. So some kind of a a stress ball or other squeezy thing, stress something, beanbag, whatever that he can squeeze. If you decide to try that route, some sort of stress ball or something similar, you can Figure out and have those pretty readily available. You can have several of them in the playroom, up in his room, 
anywhere where this tends to happen, where he could grab that and use that instead, and you can hand it to him. So it gives him something to do with his hands where he can really squeeze it because that's what he wants to do. So it's a great substitute. So you're going to remind him, hand it to him or go in for the hug, whatever it is. When you're reading, make sure he has his lovey or the stress ball so he has it readily available should he feel like reacting. And remind him before you start reading, before you start any of these scenarios where you've had it occur frequently, remember if you start feeling anxious or upset, you have your lovey or you have your ball to squeeze. Now, if you're working on this, and this will get better, it'll get a lot better as you start coaching him with a replacement behavior, it'll get a lot better. But he still may have a reaction from time to time. He may have those moments where he just forgets, where he reacts by pinching. So you wanna give this a couple of weeks, work on this really diligently for a couple of weeks. If he's still reacting by pinching or hitting, then you can have a second conversation. I know you've been working really hard on squeezing your lovey or your ball when you feel anxious or upset, and you've been doing a lot better, but you still tried to hit your dad yesterday and you've tried to pinch me this morning. So the next time this happens, I'm going to get up and walk away. Story time, play time, whatever it is, what have you, that will be over for that time. And I'm going to get up and walk away and we'll talk about it later. So you're communicating respectfully. You're setting the boundary. You're explaining. You're giving him the opportunity to think about it and to take it seriously so he can remember to try to make a better choice. Then when it happens, you simply get up and walk away. He will likely get very upset. And once he's calm, you can have a quick discussion about it. No more than two minutes. You want to keep it short. Otherwise, it turns into lecturing and they just zone out. Pinching hurts. When you pinch, I have to leave. I still love you very much, but we need to make this better so mommy can feel safe and comfortable too while we play or read together. Now, if you have to go this route, it will fix very quickly, once or twice, and that should be it, because the last thing they want is to lose our attention. You're teaching him so much in this moment. You're teaching him that you mean what you say, that you aren't okay with getting hurt, even from someone you love and who loves you, that we don't allow people to hurt us, that we set boundaries around that and keep ourselves safe. And these are all really important lessons for him to know with you and for him to keep boundaries with other people as he gets older. So I hope that was helpful. It gives you a plan of action to get started. And lastly, I want to talk about when it comes to the dog or any pet, toddlers are all about cause and effect. So they will often go after a pet. They don't realize they're hurting the pet. But if they get a reaction from either the pet or the parent, then they get a positive reinforcement. It isn't meant to be mean or hurtful at all. The pet is more like a toy. They see the pet as a toy. Obviously, we know it's not a toy. So if the pet runs, it yelps, they get some kind of reaction, it's a cool reaction to them. And so it sets up this desire to repeat that experiment. Kids like to have an effect on their world. Babies and children get a big kick out of it. Rolling a ball and making it move across the floor or pulling a dog's ears and getting it to run away are exciting cause and effect scenarios. So really the only way to manage these situations when they begin to happen, if you have a toddler who starts to get a reaction from a dog and then is going after that repeated action is to keep the pet and toddler separated when you cannot be right there to fully supervise the interactions. When you can be there, you're gonna show your toddler how we love on our pet. Outside of that, 
you may just need to keep them separate for the time being, just to make sure everyone is safe. I'm sure trainers, pet rescue, and other animal aficionados can tell a lot of sad stories of pets who got aggressive and bit children after being taunted and pushed too far. The pet either gets given away or has to get put down, and it's a really sad situation for everyone. And actually, even our oldest was not good about listening to our dog when she would warn him. He loved to get in her face. He never hurt her. He was like, she's so cute, but she didn't want him an inch from her face. Now he was 10 when we brought her home and I would tell him if she nips you, I won't be mad at her. It will be your fault because she's warning you right now. She's letting you know she doesn't like it. So you really need to respect her boundaries because she would growl and she would give him a good warning. She never did bite him, but she let him know she wasn't happy. And toddlers just aren't ready to understand that yet. And the wrong interaction when you aren't there to step in immediately can result in some very unfortunate outcomes. So once these types of interactions start, just know that it'll take time and you need to keep them separate and safe until your child is older and can understand and make better choices on ways to interact with your pet. Okay, everyone, I hope you have a great Christmas week. If you want to know more about positive communication, see the communication tools class or any of the discipline tools classes for toddlers, preschoolers, school-aged children, or teens and tweens. Your developing toddler and your developing preschooler are great classes for understanding all areas of development, lots of fun ways, toys, games, activities to do with your children to help support their development. I love those classes. Those are great classes. These are all things I did with my kids when they were younger to help facilitate their development. Also, your developing infant, if you have a baby, is great. Has all the same thing, games, toys, things as they age, by age, things to do with them to help support their development in all different areas, cognitive, language, social, emotional, physical development. Great information, very informative. Any of the 60 classes are available on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Also, the material on the discipline tools for toddlers, including communication tools, along with other common challenges of toddler behavior, are also in my book, The Connected Parent's Guide to Toddlerhood, available in print and ebook on Amazon. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.